people lose things all the time. I was reminded this week again of uh, that there is in London, England, an official governmental office that is just there for lost and found items, specifically lost and found items on their transportation systems. It's called, and I think there's a picture there, uh, the Lost Property Office. And there is a picture of it. Maybe uh, it's kind of fun to, to, if you want to Google that this afternoon, and not right now, this afternoon, and uh, uh, look at some of the things that uh, that people have lost. It's been there literally since 1933, and it's where all the lost items that are found on or in London's transportation systems, uh, subways, buses, trains, cabs, um, they they uh, they all end up if they they're found, they, then they they they're lost and they're found. They end up there at the uh, the the lost property office. Every year, they say, between 150,000 and 200,000 items are found and turned into that office where those officials then attempt to locate the owners and return their lost things. Some things that have passed through the London's lost property office include, of course, things like watches and cell phones and keys and umbrellas and lunchbox. I think there's a picture online of, of like a whole room that, that are just umbrellas. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Lunchboxes, backpacks, briefcases. Um, uh, they had statistics from several years ago. Uh, in, in one year, 38,000 books, 29,000 bags, 28,000 pieces of clothing were turned in. Uh, some of the crazier items that have been found include wheelchairs, not sure what that person's doing anymore. Um, false teeth, again, not quite sure. Uh, urns with human remains. A suitcase full of money. A human skull. And a lawnmower. Not sure how you got that on the subway. But uh, anyway, all of those things. Today we're in the, in the lost and found again, so to speak, as we are uh, opening scripture to Luke chapter 15. Uh, in this chapter in, in Luke uh, 15, Jesus tells three stories or parables all about finding lost things. He's talking to, as we, as we said last week, he's talking to a, a crowd of sinners made up of, uh, it, it says, tax collectors, uh, tax collectors and sinners. Um, but there's also some church leaders, the, some uh, 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 leaders of the church, uh, Law, law makers, uh, law uh, people that are governing over the laws of the church, and they're kind of mixed in, or at least on the edges of the crowd, watching to see what Jesus is going to do, and these uh, listening to these stories that he's telling. And so, so last week we looked at the first story that he told uh, about a shepherd looking for his sheep, right? And and there's 99 in the flock that are safe and sound, but he goes off and looks for the one that is missing, the one that's in danger. This week, the story uh, maybe is uh, is similar, but I, I think there's there's more to learn as we as we dig into that. It's about a uh, a woman looking for money that she lost, and it's in Luke 15. We'll read verses eight, nine, and ten. Jesus said, "Or suppose a, a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it?" And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels, uh, of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I love how Jesus used simple, everyday things to illustrate deep spiritual theology. I mean, that's what a parable is. It's a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, 
and maybe, unlike the sheep story from last week, maybe we can relate a little bit more uh, to, to, to this story because who hasn't lost money and desperately wanted to, to find it and get it back, right? We can relate to the urgency of what's going on here. Some scholars say that this coin, this, this woman lost, uh, could have been part of her dowry. Uh, it seems that in that culture, uh, a, a groom would at times give his bride coins that she would then sew into her headband, and she would actually wear them, uh, and, and, uh, and it could be that this was one of those coins. But whether it was that or just money that she had, uh, the, the, the wording there tells us that this was a drachma coin, and if you have footnotes in your Bible or on your app, maybe you already saw there that, that a, a drachma was a equivalent to a day's wages. So whatever you make at your job in a whole day, uh, that gives you a good idea of what she lost. I mean, it's not a fortune, but it's, it's significant, right? It's something that's, that's significant. And that, that coin... That, that she would have lost. She had 10, she lost one. Uh, the, those coins would have had the king's image stamped on it, right? And that's what gave it value. It, it wasn't just a shiny piece of metal. It had been specifically crafted as currency. Uh, the, the value was given by the emperor himself. So it got me thinking a little bit. Well, does a, does a lost coin still have value? I mean, if, if it's just sitting in the dirt and the cracks and crevices of the house and, and nobody knows where it is and it's never going to be found, then it can't be used, so maybe it doesn't have any value just sitting there in the, in the, in the dust. I mean, that woman couldn't go to the market to, uh, to, to, to buy uh, groceries for the day and just tell them, well, you know what, I had a coin, <laughs> um, uh, but, I, but I lost. It's, it's back at the house somewhere. There's no value there. She can't use it to, to trade it for the things that she needs. I, I mean... She couldn't use it if it was lost. And so it got me thinking a little bit about our, our lost coins. Have, have lost coins lost their value? I, I'm not sure. I, I, I think maybe not. Genesis 127 says that every person is created in the image of God. We bear the image of the king, much like those, that coin would have uh, uh, had the image of the emperor stamped on it. That, that image, God's image, gives us immense value in the kingdom of God. He gives us purpose and significance. But when we're lost, when we're separated from our creator in the, in the clutter and the mess and the darkness of life, the image of the creator is hidden and it could seem like there's no meaning or purpose or value. I, as Jesus is telling the story and, and uh, those, those sinners in that crowd would have, would have started to identify with that coin and uh, it could very well be that they felt that way, that they, they had lost value because they were away from God. They distanced themselves from God and seemed to have little meaning beyond the sinful choices they were making. And, and so it was to those uh, folks in that crowd that Jesus is telling this story, likening them to a lost coin, illustrating, however, that every soul is still valuable even lost ones. Usefulness doesn't necessarily determine value, right? Usefulness is a, is a byproduct of value. Because it's valuable, I can use it. Uh, the, the woman couldn't use the coin because it was lost, but it, it still had inherent value because of what it was and the image that was stamped upon it. And like last week with the sheep, the effort that this woman put in to find that lost coin is evidence of how much she still valued it. It still held value to her. Just like lost souls still have value to God. 
At first reading, as we read through this story, just three verses, uh, uh, we read through that, and I think it's easy to see that the woman in this story uh, could very well be representative of Jesus himself, just like the shepherd last week. We said uh, Jesus was, was, is a good shepherd, and, and so this, this woman is, is uh, searching high and low for the lost coin in order to restore its value and, and worth, and, and in the same way, Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save what was lost, and I think that is a, a, a valid interpretation of this parable, but I think it, we can also stay true to the text by, by considering that this woman uh, can also be representative of the church, us, the bride of Christ, followers of Jesus, as this woman gets serious about searching for that lost coin, the, the church should be just as serious about searching for the lost souls in our neighborhoods, in our communities. There are, there are people surrounding us every day who have been created in the image of God, but they're not yet reflecting that image simply because they're lost. They, they still have value. We should be focused on finding them and introducing them to life with Jesus. I, I, I've said it a couple of times before. Uh, we live to love people to life. That's what we're all about. That's our mission. That's our purpose. If, if we're doing anything else that distracts us from loving people and introducing them to life with Jesus, then we're, we're, we're off base and we're not focused on the mission that God has given to us as a church. As John Wesley once said, the church has nothing to do but to save souls. Therefore, spend and be spent in this work. I heard recently about a, a little girl whose family was uh, uh, getting ready to go to church, and she wondered, well, where are we going? And they said that they were going to church, and, and the little girl said, oh, uh, we're going to the Jesus Loves Me store. That's what she called it, the Jesus Loves Me store. I want this place to be a Jesus Loves Me store, don't you? Wouldn't that be a great way? Maybe we just put that out on the sign. So... <sighs> If, if we're uh, constantly helping people love Jesus, help, helping them to know that Jesus loves them, uh, if that's who we are, if we can model ourselves uh, uh, by the example of the woman in this story, what does, what does that look like? How are we going to do that? If, if we're, if we're uh, reaching out, loving people's life, what does that look like? And in modeling what this woman did, I think the first thing that we do is that we notice We've got to notice that, that, that there are people missing. We've got to notice that there are folks who are lost. We've got to, just like this woman, notice that her coin was, and I don't know if she counted her money every day, multiple times a day, and realized one was gone, or, or what the issue was. She knew. She, she knew it was gone. Why did she? Because it was valuable to her. If she didn't care, uh, if it didn't matter, then she wouldn't have known, and, and it wouldn't have been any big deal, and that coin would have just sat in the corner somewhere, uh, never to be found. Last week, I, I had you say over and over, it was even written there in the, in the, 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 the feed, the chat there and online, uh, we said the, the, the phrase over and over again, lost people matter to God. Lost people matter to God. Well, it wasn't just true last Sunday. Okay, it, it, it can, it's true every second of every day. Lost people matter to God. So the question has to be, do lost people matter to you? Are they valuable to you? Do you notice that there are folks who are lost? I guess the question is, do you care? Does it matter? Maybe 
Maybe some of us would tend toward the reaction of the Pharisees in the crowd that, that day with Jesus. And, and they did notice. They, they knew those folks were sinners. They, they knew they were, they were not where they needed to be in their relationship with the church and with God. They knew they were sinners. But, uh, but their response was one of judgment and condemnation, right? Uh, those teachers of the law looked down on anyone who, was, who wasn't holy enough according to their laws. Now, I'm not saying that sinning is fine. Of course, it's, it's not. It's just that Jesus' response uh, is not to condemn, but to notice and then extend love and grace and forgiveness. It's because there's a better way to live following Jesus instead of following the, 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 the sins uh, of this world and in our, in our lives. Because lost people matter to God. Uh, it's not an issue of condemnation. Uh, I hope that, that, that you don't fall into that uh, category of, of noticing that, that people are sinners and then condemning them, uh, but, but I think more, more of us uh, notice, or maybe we don't, or more of us maybe don't even notice. I mean, there's a lot of things to do in this world, right? And unfortunately, we get distracted. We get distracted from our mission of loving people to life. We get distracted in our own relationship with God. And, and certainly, we, uh, we get distracted from reaching out to others who may be lost, not, uh, not seeking God. I mean, those folks, those sinners in that crowd or the people that you know who are not yet following Jesus, I mean, they are, uh, they, many of them are wandering away from God simply because they get distracted with all of the many things of this life. And, and uh, um, Many times also distraction keeps us from reaching out to them. Uh, I heard Pastor J.D. Greer say recently that distraction sends more people to hell than defiance ever did. Maybe we have this picture that there are a lot of uh, uh, quote-unquote sinners out there thumbing their nose at God and rebelling against him, but, but I'm not sure that that's the majority. I think people get distracted with things. Things that seem flashier or more exciting or, or uh, uh, they're just drawn to different things other than having a relationship with Jesus. And, and those of us then in the church, those of us who are following Jesus, we get distracted. And then uh, we, whether we uh, get, get, uh, get all focused on our own spiritual lives or, or maybe we're just focused and, and we're, we're distracted in, in our own spiritual lives, distracted with other things, but we don't even notice that there are lost people all around us. This woman in this story huge part of this story that we've got to take to heart is that she noticed her coin was missing in the first place. And then uh, the, the story continues, right? Because she acted on it, right? She, she did something about it. That's the next thing that we've got to do if we're going to be like her is that we've got to be intentional about, uh, about trying to find, about reaching out, about searching for these folks who, who uh, don't yet know Jesus. I mean, this woman wasn't messing around. She, she, she grabbed her flashlight and her broom and she, quote, searched carefully, it says, Okay, it wasn't a flashlight. She lit the lamp, it said, right? And then she, uh, she, she started sweeping and she searched carefully and not just for a little bit. She didn't just, you know, give a kind of a cursory, oh, I guess it's gone. She, it says she searched, quote, until she found it. I think that's really significant. In our house, um, our son Nick is, is pretty neat and tidy, to say the least, maybe to a fault, we might be talking OCD, but well, that's a whole other conversation, right? Uh, but the, the, there's a place for everything, and everything is usually in its place. But, but every once in a while, he misplaces something. 
Maybe it's one of his uh, electronic devices or maybe a charger or, you know, whatever. He, he misplaces something and, and uh, uh, you know, then, then uh, you're, uh, if you're talking to him, man, it's, it's like it's the end of the world because everything usually is in its place and now this is not in its place and it is gone. And so he looks around and then he comes to find us and says, can you help me look for this and I don't know where it is and it's the end of the world. And, and we start talking to him a little, a little bit about where he was the last time he had it and, and then uh, you know we'll start looking with him to try to find it. But uh, inevitably, about two and a half minutes into, the, maybe three, maybe three minutes into the search, usually he'll say something along the lines of, Oh, well, I guess I'll have to get a new one, he says. Given up, there's no way, no hope, it's all gone, there is no hope. Literally had it in his hands 10 minutes earlier. We've been looking for two and a half minutes. It's gotta be somewhere within the room and he is ready to just give up. That is not what this woman in this story did. It says she searched until she found it, right? I mean, that's, that's important because it's easy. I'm sure you've never done this, but it's easy to give up on people, right? Maybe you've tried to reach them. Maybe you've invited them to church. Maybe you've, you've been uh, praying for them. Maybe you've, uh, you've uh, dropped certain nudges and hints and, and different things and they've resisted or they've just not picked up. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, another encouragement that we need to have from looking at this story is, is that we can't give up. This woman didn't give up until she found that coin. We can't give up on people. We've got to keep, keep going as long as we can to find those who are lost. Well, as we keep looking at this woman's example, there's so many things, three verses, you thought it was a short sermon. <laughs> but uh, we've, we've got, uh, there's so much packed in here. Uh, we, uh, we, we, we see that she noticed that she was intentional about uh, what she's gonna do. She didn't give up. And another thing that she did was that she made use of the tools that she had, right? Uh, she, uh, she, she turned on the lights, she started sweeping. Um, I, I, I think, uh, as, as I think about that light, I think that's a, a, a great metaphor for our lives as well. That we need to, as we're searching for those who are lost in our lives, that we need to turn on God's light in our lives. We've got to let God's light shine through us. Matthew chapter 5, uh, Jesus calls us um, the light of the world. He says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When other people see your life, are they drawn to God? Do they see his light in you? Are you allowing God and his word to form and shape you so that when other people encounter you, they're drawn to God and all that he can do for them? Are you living in a close relationship with God? A huge part of finding lost people is letting God's light and his love shine through you. There's something attractive about the light, right? Especially in a world that is dark. And so this woman flipped on the lights she didn't go around blindly and, and aimlessly. She was intentional and she, she turned on the lights and I think we need to allow God's light to shine through us. Another tool that I think we have at, at our disposal is, is prayer. Unfortunately, maybe like an old broom, many times we leave prayer leaning in a forgotten corner. This woman grabbed her broom and she methodically swept the whole house. Uh, I gotta ask, are you praying for lost people in your life? 
Are you asking God to to bring people and circumstances into their lives that will influence them toward him? Uh, We've got to ask him for direction in what to say or what not to say, what to to do or what not to do. And then we've got to listen to his answers and and follow his guidance. If we just uh, barge ahead and and do our own thing, I think we can, uh, we can, we can, air on both sides. Uh, one, one side is, is not caring enough to even pray much at all, but on the other side, we can, we can kind of barge in with our holier-than-thou attitude, and we can preach at people, and they're not ready to, to hear that. We've got to discern the leadership of the Spirit, and that only happens as we spend time first with God in prayer. We don't just go out, go in and start sweeping and, and, uh, and just kind of run willy-nilly and roughshod over, over a person, but we follow his leadership and the, 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 the Spirit's leading. Uh, remember, Jesus is, is, is seeking and saving the lost. We're just joining him. We're not off on our own uh, maverick doing it ourselves. We're just joining what God's already doing. He's already moving and working. His grace is, is extended to each and every one of us. We're just ready to be used when he calls. We won't know whether we're, uh, what to do and, and how to do that unless we're constantly praying for those who are lost. We live to love people to life, but I, I want to make a distinction here. I think it's important because when you seek the lost, when you're loving people to life, it's going to look different than when I do it. Because we're all different people. We have unique gifts and abilities and personalities and, and personal stories. God is going to lead you to people that, that, that you can reach a whole lot better than I can. And, and you'll do it in different ways. The secret is to offer yourself to God and to let him use you in natural ways as he flows through you, your personality, your stories, your circumstances. Again, there's, there's a whole lot here. We've got to notice people who are not yet following Jesus. We've got to, to uh, use the, the, the tools that we have to intentionally seek after them. We, uh, we've got to reach out in God's love and follow his direction. But there is one more very significant thing here in this passage is that when someone comes to faith, it's time to party. Just like with the sheep from last week, uh, when the coin is lost, the woman calls her friends and loved ones together and they, quote, rejoiced with her. They, she probably called them first and said, my coin is gone. They knew the problem. And so then they, she called them again and said, hey, uh, I've, I've, I found it. Let's celebrate. So they, she called her. She's living life in community with others. And, uh, and so uh, the people in her life celebrated. They all celebrated together. We celebrate a lot of things these days. Today is Mother's Day. You probably have ways that you either have or are planning to celebrate today, right? Probably involves some type of food. And that's good. That's great. Celebrate. Have a party. Awesome. I mean, we celebrate uh, birthdays, we celebrate anniversaries, graduations, there's national holidays, we celebrate good grades, retirement, uh, any type of achievement that someone has done. We celebrate when our team wins, whatever. We, we really don't need much excuse to eat cake these days, right? I mean, we just, we, we like to celebrate. Are we celebrating when sinners repent and come to faith in Christ? Are you baking cakes and telling the stories of how you were privileged to be where God could use you to influence a life toward him? This says, this, this passage says that that is when heaven celebrates. I mean, Jesus is happy on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, it's fine. Good job, way to go, made it through another year. Awesome, Jesus is smiling. 
The angels might give you a thumbs up or a high five when you retire. Good stuff. Way to go. Uh, great, great, uh, great work. All, uh, all those things. Not sure he cares whether the Browns win or not, but that's a whole other story. Some of you might disagree with my theology. This says there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. Not on your birthday, (laughs) but when sinners come home, when someone turns to Jesus. That's that's the time for parties more than anything else. I, I... I asked you a question last week, and, and I think it's a good one to keep uh, in the front of our minds. It hits me between the eyes whenever I think about it. When was the last time that the angels threw a party because of your search for the lost people in your life? When was the last time that you caused a heaven to break out in celebration because you were faithful and someone came to faith in God because of your influence? We live to love people to life. That's how we say it. It follows right along with, with this passage, with this, this whole chapter of, of uh, lost and found and, and seeking after uh, those who are lost. Uh, the question then is, who's on your list? I don't know if you have a list. Maybe you need to make a list. Maybe there's a couple of people that you're praying for. Uh, maybe there's a couple of people that you're reaching out to or you just are, are looking and, and wondering if, if God might use you to help impact them and you're just praying. Now, now I mean, this isn't not just if you think about it, but you're intentionally, God has placed someone or several someones on your heart to seek after because he might just want to reach uh, them through you with his light and his love through your uh, your life. It might mean that you jot a couple names down, maybe on the on the bulletin here, or you make a little list, or you keep it in your wallet or your purse, or you put it on the, the, the bathroom mirror, and you're just constantly thinking about a couple of people, and you're, you're, you're praying because you notice, and you care, and you realize that they're, they're not yet following Jesus, and, and uh, there's going to be a party in heaven when they do, and, and you just might be part of the solution, part of the, 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 the plan for God to reach them. He might do that through you. So we've got to be intentional follow the example of the woman in this story. I mean, we do, we do a lot of things in church world these days, but our priority above everything else has to be intentionally searching for those who are lost. Father God, I pray that even, even in the quiet of this moment, that you would bring a face to mind. Someone that may need us to reach out to them, someone that, that you might want us to, uh, to pray for, someone that, uh, that, that needs to find you, that, that you have been searching for, looking for. Lord, I, I pray that it wouldn't just be a project for us, that, that, that we, uh, we, we uh, reach out to people just so we can, we can uh, put a notch in our belt or that's one more soul. Lord, I pray that we can truly care, deeply care, that we can love the people in our lives and we love them so much that, that we can't be quiet about you. That we love them so much that, 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 that we allow your life, the abundant life that you bring to us, that it'll spill over to them and that, that, that we give them the chance to find you. Lord, I, I thank you for, uh, for days like this, for, for stories like this in Scripture where we can see that, that, that your primary purpose was, was to seek after uh, those who, who aren't yet even seeking after you. Yet you value them. Help us to value them too. I pray that, that as we go from here, we can go seeking your direction every moment of every day. 
And Lord, again, we thank you and we celebrate the, uh, the, the moms in our lives. And as we celebrate throughout this day, I, I pray that we can bring honor and, uh, and blessing to those moms in, uh, in our lives and that you would put, pour your blessing upon them. Lord, we love you today. Go with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.